Hello everyone, welcome along to another VCO Esports Studio and I guess at this time of year I suppose we can say Happy Christmas as well, we're getting close enough to uh, the big day and the end of another year of the VCO Esports Studio and everything that's been going on in uh, VCO land this year, I hope you've enjoyed all your content. Uh, we are getting on to nearly 70 of these Esports Studios and if you want to listen to any of the other guests that we've had then of course get yourself onto your preferred um, podcast player and you can hear us or indeed on YouTube you can hear and uh, see my lovely face uh, and maybe this week is the week to actually watch because uh, we have something a bit different we bring in uh, drivers plenty of drivers onto the VCO Esports studio some managers some championship organizers we've never had an intimate intimidator that's not the right word uh, uh, I can't even think about it um, but somebody who is pretending or maybe not pretending to be a sim driver because indeed we have actor Roman with us who is the sim racer. Um, I'd never heard of this Roman before uh, I got told that we were chatting. Uh, so give us a premise uh, of this rather fascinating film that you are the lead actor in. Awesome. Well, uh, BCO, Ben, appreciate you and thanks for having me. Um, yeah, man, the sim racer. It's really just a, a nice rom-com, a little bit of dramedy. You got your protagonist, your antagonist, just like a majority of racing movies in general. Um, it's just a guy that is a sim racer. He does it on the side. He does it for fun. Um, and then he finds out that he owes $9,600 on his house because his parents ended up passing away and left him the house. But he thought it was fully paid for. He got a foreclosure notice. Um, and then now he's kind of his back's against the wall and he's trying to figure out what he can do to, to get that money pretty quickly. So he ends up seeing an ad, seeing that there was a big uh, tournament because he was just driving for fun. He's a very, very skilled driver. Uh, lead character Luke Wallace is his name. This character I portray and play. Um, yeah, man, his back's against the wall and he has a very short time to figure this race out. And, you know, he ends up finding a, uh, a crew chief and then he ends up getting after it. And, you know, and you got to watch the rest of the movie to kind of find out, you know, so... Awesome. Uh, very interesting angle, because, of course, as you mentioned, there are plenty of yeah. car racing uh, films out there. There's some films that uh, use that kind of premise where you need to go into a competition to win money, to, um, right, right. to, to, to establish something new in their life. But this I think this is the first time sim racing has ever featured on the silver screen. Absolutely, man. It's a it's such a niche project. And that was what attracted me to it. Um, in the first place, because uh, to be honest with you, I never heard of sim racing. I knew like I knew uh, like race car drivers and stuff. They had like their rigs and stuff. And then like the old school, like 10, 15 years ago when I used to play like at the arcades and stuff and how it kind of started out. And to realize and during my research and before I accepted the role, I was like, oh, my goodness, there's an entire world out here of sim racers. And it's very serious, you know, and. It's really awesome, man. It was miraculous to see like some of these people and their passion. They spend their time, their money, their energy into this, you know. And the more research and stuff that I did, the more I found it fascinating to to be able to try to play this character without um, stepping on the toes of real sport esport uh, racers, you know. And yeah. hopefully, I can just kind of bring um, sim racing to light to people that don't know about it. And that's really just our whole intent here. What was your first impression when you were past the script? Oh, well, the first time I got the script, there was still a lot of work to kind of be done, you know. So whenever I decided to actually take it on, um, 
you know, I just love the story. I like the um, the relationship between the characters. We kind of filmed it during the COVID time, you know, so we couldn't have a whole lot of people on set. We didn't have a lot of actors, you know, but I think that really brought the film together and it made everything very uh, gel-like and every the relationships were very personal and very, very strong. I'm, in, I'm probably like in every single scene, I think, except for one of them, you know, but my first uh, interpretation was, like, wow, what do I need to do to try to prepare for this, you know? And um, especially it being half the movie is like actual simulated racing, you know, but I'm not actually, I'm not actually driving. We're not using the footage that I'm using or creating on screen. You know, I'm, I'm in a green screen room, a green screen room, you know, so it was very, very different to try to like put myself there and it was challenging, you know, but all of those things I kind of knew I was willing to take that challenge, man. So it was fun, it really was. Amazing. So uh, I guess, you know, in a world of making real motorsport movies, you need stunt drivers alongside you. Did you did you have stunt sim drivers doing some of the stuff? (laughs) No. Well, it was a blessing that we actually had uh, the director, the one that wrote the movie, um, as you could probably tell, you know, was a sim racer and is still a sim racer. He's (laughs) super passionate about the project and just seeing his passion in it in general is what made me like really interested in this because I know like he's not going to put anything out there that slanders or um, puts a bad name on uh, simulated racing. So he was kind of in my ear like, hey, you know, whenever and, you know, when a sim's actually doing this or the the, the uh, wheel's doing this and um, where I need to look up like for the rearview mirror and vice versa and uh, how big is the screen usually. So, I mean, I, I watch a lot of videos and stuff, but he was definitely in my ear as the director, an actual sim racer has been racing for over 20 years and it was really cool to have him on my side in my pocket that I could pull out anytime and he could just direct me with exactly what I needed to do. As you mentioned already, actors do a huge amount of research for their role and, and if it's based on a true story, then they have a, a character to kind of base itself on. But you're looking at a whole genre of people to base yourself on. What did you discover about the sim racer? <laughs> oh man, it was really, really tough because... Um... It's not that I wasn't like interested in racing before, you know, I I go to Talladega with my father and we go and we do that whole thing and we get the merchandise, we, we watch the race, we camp out, we, you know, we, we, it's a whole week for us, you know, so it's a a super fun thing to do. Um, This, the simulated racing was a completely different world and I didn't really know any personally that I could go and spend a lot of time with, you know, Um, so I was really just receiving videos on YouTube, watching people on the rig at their own home because um, there's so many different versions of rigs you know like you could have just a small setup where your wheel and is attached and you got your gas and your pedal and stuff and some people actually have these like chassis that they're in you know that maneuver and do all sorts of things and i didn't have the privilege to have all of that you know but um really just putting myself there and trying to not pretend but try to become but it's really really tough what that line is because you don't get to uh you don't get to actually be doing it you know and the rig itself, uh, you, you mentioned, is is uh, is Luke in a professional rig, or is he, presumably as a kind of a part time racer, he's in a pretty basic rig that you guys very, had to, very had to much race so. in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we end up getting like a a, a real um, wheel, a real wheel, you know, and they got the thing that it kind of like goes into, and then uh, gas pedals. But it's weird because you don't see any of that. It's really just a shot that's over my head. Right. So I got my I even fire suit on. I got the fire suit on. I got the helmet on. <laughs> I got the, yeah, no, I got the whole nine, you know, so we went the whole way, you know, but I um, mean, it's really just my hands, my gloves, you know, it's shooting over 
over my head. And it's kind of like putting my actual character in the, uh, in the sim, if that makes sense, rather than a simulated person in there. It's actually me in the simulation kind of meshed between the green screen and then me itself. So it of course it wasn't no, you know, monstrous rig, you know, but especially considering there's not even real screens in front of me, I'm just looking at like a whiteboard, a green screen, and then like, you know, like a little, um, X where my rear view mirror is, you know, and it's, it's tough, man. It's so much fun though. Oh, and I'm interested. Why was that chosen as a method to use a green screen rather than have uh, a rig that you, you sat in and so you had a vision in front of you? Um, I think also, well, one, I mean, Luke Wallace is an awesome, amazing iRacing, or not even iRacing, but uh, simulation driver, you know? So I'm an actor and the time that I had, if I would have been in a real sim, like in a real rig, trying to race and win these like races and stuff, it's not really too applicable. I'd have had to have spent, you know, there's no way I can just hop yeah. on that. There's no way, there's just no way, you know, like, especially when I'm seeing these, these guys, some of these cats just getting after it, man. And I'm like, wow, and they're good. They're, they're very good, especially in the race that are, they're winning $20,000, $20,000 tournaments. You know, it's like, and I'll be real and authentic. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't do that right now. You know, there's no way in a couple months I can try to win some of these like high level races. You know, I guess we could kind of simulate it in a way in like a fixed um, tournament, um, but I don't know. That was just never really a thought. I think we can play more with the CGI with the with the green screen, you know. Uh, but as part of your research, did you ha did you get yourself a bit of a rig to play with to to kind of go home in the evenings, keep in your method, keep in the character, so that you could have a bit of a play in your own time? Um, actually, I have not. I for Christmas, I've literally asked to try to get like a little, like ah. as much of a, yeah, literally just because I was like, man, this is fascinating. So like for Christmas, hopefully Santa brings me, um, you know, like a little rig that um, he can afford for me to get, you know? And um, I mean, of course I, I did, I did extensive amounts of like watching it and you guess like on, on TV yeah. or on stuff. And, you know, it's kind of hard because I'm trying to like, I'm also trying to like get down 300 plus lines and we're shooting a matter of eight to 10 days. And, um, a lot of relationships and stuff going there. And I wanted the, to be authentic as possible, but you know, it's kind of hard to be like, Oh, okay. You know, hop in this, <laughs> this rig and kind of like figure it out. That's something I will be doing. Like yeah, actually I like think in a couple of weeks I'm going to like uh, a couple of different places and trying to like reach out to people. And now that once it's kind of um, open, I hope, hopefully I can kind of get invited to kind of, you know, hop in somebody's rig and um, kind of be able to, you know, try to play, you know? race yeah absolutely i mean fanatec if you're watching this guy needs a rig it's not that hard <laughs> um definitely for christmas that's a a good uh, a good little gift um yeah, i'm surprised absolutely. by that but uh, you mentioned shooting the whole film in 10 days is that a yeah is that a normal thing for an actor um it, it really just depends it depends on the budget it depends on the time management um we we're also during the COVID time you know so we didn't have like a huge crew sometimes some crews i mean if it's a five million dollar budget movie i mean you're having hundreds of people crew members moving at all times and i mean i've shot movies um only they're 14 i mean they're a couple million dollar budget movies and they're they're shooting 14 days as long as it is like in order and they're shooting multiple scenes in a day and let's say if they don't have cars exploding and very big stunts that they have to do, 
Um, some of those things take a long time. And especially whenever safety um, is at stake, it usually takes a lot longer. So whenever you see these big blockbuster movies with shootings and car explodings and, you know, houses burning on fire, you know, usually those take a little bit longer to film because of just all the measures you got to take. This was a little bit different. It was, you know, close-knit relationship people and then, you know, um, green screen work for the racing scenes and then really just tying in the story together. So we shot a lot of scenes each day. And that is one thing about film is it takes a lot longer, like each scene than you would ever think it does. How did that work with the lines? Do you learn the whole film, the whole script? And then because you don't you don't film it sequentially either, do you? You don't film the first scene first and the last scene last, depending on the scenes, depending on the environments you have to do it. So how do you learn the lines like that? Do you do it day by day? I do it day by day. I try to my best, but for this one specifically this was like my first um like feature film and then like after this one i've had the privilege to kind of shoot a couple after this after we filmed um but uh, there's so many different strategies you know how there's like different racing strategies that people take and whether they're taking the inside the outside or however they like drift and draft and or whatnot like it's the same thing with this you know it's like it's my work and you know i'll write it down you know if you can write things down um you can kind of retain it that way i say them out loud talk to the wall as if somebody's there you know, I'll get my fiance to kind of read the woman lines with me and just to kind of get the timing down. Um, but I mean, pretty much before I went into the first day shooting, I knew all the lines, um, which was mostly difficult. Um, but I also had the script for a lot longer. And I was also kind of like a co-producer slash co-writer of this as well. So some of it's also like um, how I felt. And the director was very receptive to, hey, like listening, some directors are very specific. I want this. You got to say this. You have to be, it's called word perfect. You have to say every word exactly. If you miss a word, they're cut, 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 back to one. Um, you know, so he, there was a lot, there was a little bit of room here, you know, for the character, for me to actually settle in, be comfortable and say what comes to my mind relatively. Maybe even keep speaking, even if the, the lines were done, if I felt it was applicable for the film. Which is kind of a nice flexibility to have, I suppose. It is. Yeah, no, 100%. Whenever you, because I've been on both sides of it and this one's definitely a little bit more uh, weight off your shoulders, you know, especially because you don't shoot in order either. Sometimes, because if you don't have the schedule soon, right, if you don't have it like in the very beginning where like, okay, we're shooting um, the last scene on the first day, we're shooting the third to last scene on the second day. If you don't know all of that, you have to know the whole script because if not, you're going to show up to set and they go, "Um, we're shooting the last scene first. And you're like, I haven't even really like wrecked, like, read those lines enough you know um so you kind of got to know what you're talking about you got to know the story the relationship between each character you know it's not just talking it's it's being yeah and the, and the emotional um kind of journey that you, any character goes through to to have to be at the end of that journey in day one of filming and then at the, at the start of that journey at the end of filming i mean god it must be really tough at times I would, I would say that the toughest part is the relationship between um, the love interest, right? So her name is uh, June Langley, and she's kind of the love interest. And it's tough because, like, you meet her um, on, on the screen because we were during COVID time. So, like, we're doing a couple Zoom calls for timing, getting that stuff down. But um, to shoot the first day when we got together, we're shooting as if we've been together for at least five months three months two months right like we've been together for a while we're like on this last date and it's like the first time first couple times we're really meeting you know so like we're having this scene where i've known her for a while now you know and we have this relationship building 
and it's just kind of tough you know you get around other actors and you gotta act as if you know you've been around them your whole life like imagine if it's like your father or your mother and you gotta have that relationship when it's technically not there amazing uh, a lot of respect for for any actors out there when you start really thinking <laughs> about it it's it's so much harder than uh, than it looks when it comes out on screen i suppose i'd like to say like doing the vcre sports studio but it, that would actually be a lie because this is just me talking at a camera and and, and meeting kind of people yourself a little bit yeah 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 exactly that's awesome um how do you how do you like how, how much of yourself came into your came into luke as a character Oh man, there was definitely, that was also one thing that um, attracted me to this character alone that wanted to make me audition for it. Um, so Luke Wallace, I mean, just a little bit, a little backdrop off him. He kind of has a couple insecurities, just like every person in the world does, you know, that he has, he's wanting to be validated. He's wanting to be respected. He's wanting to be loved, um, kind of just like everybody. So his character arch from the beginning to the film to the end, you know, he develops this backbone, you know, that he develops this, this sense of self-worth through his processes, as he's winning races, as he's talking to the girl, as he's taking advice and it's working, as he's, you know, going through life, um, especially when his back's against the wall and he has nowhere else to go but forward, um, he learns a lot about himself, just like anybody does. And it's just, he has a challenge and instead of running from it, you know, he takes it, he takes it full force, you know, and he attacks it and he starts to build um, his self-confidence and self-worth through that and it's really interesting to see throughout the film whenever you get to watch it play out it's it's kind of cool man and that's something that i try to do myself i always try to like be better and get better and not um you know run from problems just to kind of take them on the chin and just keep going you know and i hope many sim racers out there who i know absolutely many have the same issues and same uh feelings that and it sounds as though Luke will be very relatable to many sim races. So I hope they also follow that journey and, and see inspiration in his character to, to perhaps change the way they feel and, and the way they are back at home. Because I know that uh, probably in your research as well, you'd have seen that uh, whether it be the streamers out there, we've got so many people who have spoken about uh, mental health issues and, and struggles in life yeah, absolutely. Uh, at the very top of sim racing. Yeah, no, completely, man. And that's, that is 100% why I do what I do. Like if I can do something that, especially playing this character, that's a good heartfelt. I'm not, not this crazy, weird, like very like problematic type person, you know, um, it's kind of like negative to society. This guy's just a sweet guy. Um, he's, he's so sweet that he's almost getting like pushed over all the time, you know, and then he kind of develops a backbone throughout the, throughout the film and kind of like, you know, kind of finds himself. He's just kind of looking for himself and, um, and that's all we're trying to do, man. We're just trying to bring people to people together, you know, trying to bring people that don't know about sim racing and people that do sim racing. That's all that they have. It's all Luke Wallace has, you know, left. His parents passed away. He has this house. He, he owes money. Backs against the wall. He has sim racing. He's good at it. And he has dreams of being a real race car driver, but he can't afford it. You know, so he works in a race shop. He wears race, race shirt tees. He constantly is on his rig, you know, so just like anybody out there, man, it's just, you want to, you want to be loved and you want to kind of be heard, you know? So if we can kind of put that on out there and somebody benefits from it, I don't care if a million people see it. And, you know, only one person's like, man, that was, that helped me out a lot. Then it's completely worth it to us. All the, the negative or the trolls or anything like that, you know, we can all manage that. You know, we all have that in life in general, but we can kind of bring that to light and just help somebody out along the way that our name's not in vain.
so uh, how do we watch the sim racer um i mean obviously i i am english but live in france and so in europe <laughs> and and you're over in america where where can we access the sim racer and when Oh, well, that's a, uh, that's a pretty tough um, question right now, so to say, because it's going to be in a few select theaters around here, um, kind of okay. like in you know the United States, um, especially in Atlanta and Georgia and whatnot. But it's definitely going to be on some streaming platforms, um, probably multiple of them. I can't say exactly yet because I don't know if the contracts and stuff are done yet, and I don't want to be the guy that opens my mouth and wrong, and then I'm the one getting you know ripped apart. Yeah. Um, but we will completely keep everybody informed where you can find it, you know, as you can find the uh, trailer for the Sim Racer on YouTube, um, just type in the Sim Racer film. Um, it'll be on there. And then uh, when? Um, definitely, I think early 2022. Uh, Post-production is always one of those things, you know. Um, everyone's got a goal, you know, but actually kind of reaching that goal is the best part. But um, definitely next year. I don't think it'll be at the later part. Cool. Well, we all look forward to it, and uh, I hope that the reception is good, and uh, that it's, as you say, doing doing what you want it to do, which is to kind of support people and educate people and, uh, and make the sim races, the hardcore sim races, feel good about themselves as well. Absolutely, man. Just like you know, wanting to be. I mean, especially if a lot of people. I mean, because there's a lot of people because it's very worldwide as well, you know. So I mean, it's not just like people here in the states, you know. So different countries, I saw that different in different countries their their races are primarily different right they're different cars they're different tracks they're different yeah. um styles of racing you know so it's like we're kind of you know left turn on the oval um but i'm curious how it'll be received from uh the people that do the different types of racing you know whether it's like dirt or track or um but yeah it's about simulated racing man and i think uh i think you guys will enjoy it at least it offers you opportunities for for Luke to perhaps have his first races in Europe, and then you have a whole sim racer too, and and then he goes absolutely. off, and yeah, goes absolutely. off rallying or something. You know, you've got a franchise right there, dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. Just building from the bottom up, man. Uh, especially from well, because you know, because I know that's a lot of like actual sim racers, uh, like dreams to actually like maybe possibly be driving. You know, and um, some of them I'm sure yeah, are yeah. very content with just you know doing it from home or whatnot, you know, but to be, uh, to feel legitimate, to feel like what they're doing matters and what they're doing is a sport, which it hit is man. It, it for sure is, you know, oh, so yeah. definitely just trying to kind of work our way that way. Blurring the worlds of virtual and real. That's what we do here at VCO. And this is a, a different kind of a blur, but it's uh, certainly one that's very valuable. Roman, thank you very much. Uh, for joining us. It's been a pleasure to, to hear from you about your methods and, of course, hear a bit more about the Sim Racer. Oh, dude, 100%, man. I appreciate you, Ben. You're awesome. Great host. ECO, rock and roll. Keep doing your thing. Hope you guys can uh, enjoy the Sim Racer when it comes out. Thank you very much. Uh, and we are getting close to Christmas, so not too many episodes left of the eSports studio for this year, but we will have at least one more, I think, before we go on our Christmas and New Year break and then uh, reset for a hugely busy 2022 where VCO have got many championships, including the ERL coming up uh, at the end of January. That's the big one to kind of focus on uh, and so much more across the whole year. Thank you very much for joining us as always. And until next time, enjoy your sim racing. Bye bye.